<laughs> okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Velarde Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Mike Velarde. Mike, how are you? I called it, man. I said that this is mail, that, that, you know, somehow the COVID 19 would hurt President Trump, but it was in another way. But I said that was the only way he would lose. And yeah. you have a different point of view because, again, as a journalist, I'm not going to go flat out and say, do I see evidence that there was cheating? I want to find out that cheating. And if I was President Trump last night, I would have said I have evidence to take to court instead of just, you know, saying something like that. Because the Republicans definitely didn't back him, did he, Mike? Well, well, you know, that's why we got Rob on the show. Rob, Rob's an expert when it comes to politics, and um, I, I'm going to let him share some of his insight. Sure, Robert. What, Do you agree with me that President Trump, you maybe should have wrote a speech because ultimately we know there's fraud everywhere from people sharing it on social media because social media changes things and that we know that there were specifically a lot of discrepancies in certain states. So why didn't President Trump talk that he had evidence? Well, you know, there's a there's a time and a place for everything. It, it seemed to me that what we witnessed last night when Trump came out and shared his thoughts, they were his individual thoughts as a candidate. Uh, they were also reflective of his deep concern for what he was observing as president. And the duty and responsibility that goes along with that in terms of defending the Constitution. So <clears throat> these are exceptional and extraordinary times. Uh, you know, Mike can tell you firsthand the, uh, the often surprise situations that he encountered on the, on the campaign trail. So, um, you know, it, this, is, this is not over. This is something that clearly had been anticipated. Um, and in all likelihood, those anecdotal uh, tales that we're, we're receiving from states like Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, about people that um, may have been casting votes inappropriately, illegally, are yet to come out. The time for evidence will be when this is um, taken to the next level, which will either be the courts or certain legislatures. Um, Mike and I were discussing earlier today that there are provisions for state legislators to step in and intervene to assure that the electors are selected um, and that it's free from corruption. Yes. So have you heard of that, Neil? That's important, but I think finally we're gonna see that maybe this experience, if it's true, Robert, I'm going to go and I, Mike, when you want to pop in, just pop in with a question. OK, if you want mm -hmm. me to, to start grilling Robert on specific things, that's why you like having me, because I'll just ask these questions that will provide. Now, yeah. as a journalist, I'll continue to say, Robert, is there widespread cheating that could turn this election that we're going to find out Pennsylvania was corrupt, that Michigan was corrupt, that. Ohio, not Ohio, I'm, I'm, uh, Wisconsin was corrupt. The whole turn in Georgia to the point where we might lose the Senate, meaning Republicans might lose the Senate with this runoff coming up. Was it corrupt? 
how Robert can they have so many lawsuits in specific areas of the country turn this all so that President Trump is the president of the United States? Well, corruption is is the key and operative word, Neil. This is not about personalities. This is not about the president. At this point, this is about America's democracy being reliable, having election integrity, being assured. Don't you find it a little bit coincidental that the very states that led to a 2016 victory, as you mentioned, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, are now the states that have questionable conduct and possible corruption of the process. So imagine this, let's go to the next step beyond corruption. There was all this talk about collusion, foreign collusion. What if we learn, sadly, and it will be regrettable, that there was in fact coordination and collusion among those that lead the blue states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, to a, to a corrupt outcome. So the Constitution provides for this, both at the state level and at the federal level. Let's go to the state level. The legislatures have the responsibility of selecting the electors as a result of bona fide elections. If in fact the legislatures, which are controlled by Republicans in those states, deem it unreliable due to the, the chaos that we're witnessing, they can select electors in those very same states that would then be able to cast their votes in the electoral college or whomever they choose. Now, I'm not saying they should choose for Trump or Biden, but in fact, that's the process that exists. If you and I were state legislators and we're losing confidence and we're seeing the public lose confidence in the way we conducted our votes in our states, perhaps the legislatures have a duty and a role to step up and make sure that public confidence is restored in each of those jurisdictions. Now, Mike, what have you heard on your end about the if there if what President Trump's calling about corrupt elections in specific areas of the country? I, I think it's obvious that <clears throat> I think it would be almost impossible for, let's say, Pennsylvania, where he had a seven hundred thousand vote lead, and they had found two hundred thousand votes ballots. Every single person voted for Biden. If you walk through Philadelphia or any other city. I don't think it would be statistically possible to find 200,000 people who would all say, I'm going for Joe Biden. And not one would say, I'm voting for, for Donald Trump, especially in Pennsylvania, a state where Joe Biden is going to get rid of fracking, cause an economic calamity in Pennsylvania. I mean, you're gonna, you guys are going to lose so much money, so much business, which is why I think he had such a large lead on election night. Robert, even in uh, D.C., Go ahead. No, Robert. Even, even in Washington, D.C., there was 5% vote. 
vote for for Trump. You know, where one would suspect that it was likely not going to go that way. So yeah, ma- there are mathematical anomalies, and I'll tell you, at some of my experience, not only in the political realm but in the financial realm, deals with fraud detection, forensic work, right? And 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 numbers, you know, numbers often can be indicative. There can be outliers. There can be numbers that just don't add up. And, you know, look, this is this is likely going to be adjudicated, as we just mentioned, either in the state legislatures. Well, let's go to the next level. Uh, January 6th is 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 when, you know, the um, uh, electors are supposed to convene. Okay, if, in fact, the Electoral College cannot convene because there are states that are unable to certify due to due to pending litigation or what have you, um, the Electoral College can be set aside. Now, this may be the ultimate objective of some of those who have been campaigning during this cycle. They want to blow up the institutions that have made America, the American political system work. So let's say they want to go January 6th, Electoral College, it can be set aside. What would happen in that scenario? In that scenario, the House of Representatives would select the president and the Senate would select the vice president. Now, interestingly, in the Senate, each senator gets one vote. But in the House, each state gets one vote. Each state is represented by Republicans and Democrats and if that state cannot come to agreement on how to cast their vote, that vote is set aside. Long story short, if it does wind up being a conditional election in the House and the Senate, that's another avenue available to the incumbent that could result in him retaining office. All right. So let's look at, so Mike, let's kind of jump into what are you hearing from the ground? What have you heard from your constituents meaning not constituents, from other people you know in the political world, what President Trump's going to do next after Biden's declared the winner, which will happen tonight. Or I don't know if it's already happened on the news right now with Pennsylvania be declared for Biden. Well, they're going to, there's going to be lawsuits. They're going to go to the Supreme Court. They're going to do, they're going to, they're putting, they're putting together the evidence that they already have showing um, that these ballots were either manufactured or copied, or there were bunches of ballots that were for Trump that never got never got put into the system. So they're building a case. They're building a case to go to court because I don't think President Trump is going to allow this election to be stolen from him. Although I expect that there'll be a lot of rhino Republicans like- They've already know, come out. Even Republicans that are conservative are not backing them. They've given up on them. They just want to move forward. Yeah, no, that's not the way to move forward. We, we got we got to fight this. You got to show that this is nothing more than an attempt to steal a democracy. From well, us. Mike, you're not a career politician, just like no. President Trump, and that's the difference. You guys no. are not. They once they they're the fat cats keep getting fat, and if you know how much money and donations and more money are they going to make? Everyone in Congress. If, if Biden's president, because they know that P- Biden will put, tell them to put so many pork bills together, because that's what, that's what the swamp does. And we all know that there's no doubt it's the best business in the world to be part of the United States Congress. 
and if we are changing that realm and those two Georgia Senate seats flip because of the runoff, oh my gosh, it's over. It's over. You have a House, a Senate and president that are Democratic, meaning you can't, we've done it with Trump, but to this point of changing things again, it's just going to cause trouble. So Robert, what evidence have you heard that the, that the Trump campaign has? Well, we, we have uh, people reporting from Nevada and Arizona um, who, who have been, as Mike just referenced, assembling evidence and actually making referral to the Department of Justice based on the, the, uh, the evidence that they have identified, the incidents that they have identified. So I suspect it's likely that you're going to see the Department of Justice intervene uh, because there's going to be a chain of custody concern. The evidence, the ballots, the, the things that happened in each of these places, it's, an, it's in all likelihood we're going to see um, the federal government intervene. Why? This is not about coming to the aid of an incumbent president. This is about making sure that our constitutional integrity is maintained. This is about election integrity. Right. So we're not here to have a conversation about bi a political bias. Right. Understand. So based on that, Robert, what you're saying is that is there going to be a recount in every one of the states that there's questions about or the entire United States will be recounted? I don't believe there will be recounts. I believe what you're going to find is litigation. When they go into litigation, you seek a remedy. The remedy that they're going to seek, in my opinion, would be to set aside, not to call for recounts. The election day has come and gone. Uh, this is not about looking for a rematch or a recount. You're setting, out, you're setting, setting aside certain ballots then, Robert. That's that's what I would anticipate is going to the, the remedy to be sought is an alternative uh, be, to the, the each of those states selecting their electors. That would be the remedy that would be set aside. The, the election didn't work. So now you have a next remedy. Next remedy is the legislators in those states named the electors. And th those states, interestingly, they're states that have Republican-controlled legislatures. So if those Republicans stand up, speak out, follow what they their don't? State What do they don't, Robert? Well, no, they do. Yeah, they do. Actually, they have state legislatures, not governors, legislatures that are controlled by Republicans. But what if they decide they're not going to... So, Mike, what do you heard... The steps tonight. I think Pennsylvania will be called tonight, right? Mike, just saw a report. They said they they're going to continue to count. They're continuing to count. They've got thousands of count the votes to continue to count. They also are waiting for the um, uh, the military ballots to be counted. So these counts can go on endlessly, but that will not stand in the way of the litigation that is likely to unfold or the investigations that are likely to to begin nearly immediately. Okay. So based on that particular uh, circumstance that, I mean, 
we're going to find all this out. When do you expect, so you don't expect them to call for Biden to be president elect tonight. You don't expect all the news channels to say he's won Pennsylvania, he's won uh, Arizona and Nevada and Georgia. You don't expect it tonight, Robert. I, I certainly don't expect that to be happening tonight or in any, any time soon because there's a lot of um, lot of moving parts that are going to going to start to unfold as I just mentioned I would anticipate federal investigators uh, to be on site in some of these states gathering a safeguarding of and, and then legal action being taken place uh, in, in those jurisdictions calling upon state legislatures to intervene that's what I'm anticipating okay. in the days and week ahead. Mike, when do you expect the timeline to be when President Trump comes out with everything stops? We're the we're we're stopping everything and the election's not over yet. This thing's going on until December. What See, this is, is, not is there going to be a stimulus then? If it's going on to December, I, I I don't know. If there's going to be stimulus or not? But here's what's going to happen. You got at least five states that the, the, the authenticity of the vote is in question. What about Georgia? Georgia? Do you think Georgia's as well, even though there's a Republican governor? Yeah, even though there's a Republican governor, you still got, you still got the Democrats controlling the Board of Elections. When is that I mean, going so, to So, Robert, when is that going to come out? Because all the mainstream media, Fox, everyone is pretty much saying that they're going to declare a winner. They're not going to wait on this. When is this going to come out that everything stops and we're going through litigation? When do you anticipate that announcement? Uh, the, 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 media's, the media's role is to report the news, not to fabricate the news. So I think what we're going to see here is what's happened at the voting booth what's happened in the media, um, that, that's all going to be continued speculation. Uh, but, but as I just described, stay tuned for federal investigations, state and federal litigation, and ultimately this taking its course to the Supreme Court of the United States. Wow, okay. Mike, your thoughts. Uh, this, this, we cannot allow evil to prosper. This is nothing but pure. This is an attempt. They've tried everything against this president from the from the moment that he declared he was going to be, you know, that, that he that he won this election. I mean, the Mueller investigation was nonsense. The impeachment was nonsense. This covert nineteen came out of the blue right after the impeachment failed, and now they've rigged it so they could mail in ballots count the ballots three days after the election so they can come up with enough ballots to make sure that Joe Biden's the winner. We can't allow that to happen. We just can't. If we do, we'll become communist Russia. Wow. Okay. Uh, quite, quite interesting. Robert, anything else to close on your end? Well, I, I will tease you out with a little bit that, uh, this was anticipated. Uh, there, there has been a transition integrity project uh, underway for months. Uh, war, 
doing the, the, the scenarios, the tabletop exercises as to what would happen in such an event. Uh, I, I have, I have uh, reason to believe that official ballots have been watermarked so that official ballots can easily be identified and distinguishable from illegal ballots. And that's why I believe you heard the president talk last night about every legal vote being counted. All right. Well, Mike, anything else to add? I think we're going to know a lot more next week. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that this country is going is, is, is at the crossroads of capitalism and communism. Because if Joe Biden wins this election and we lose those two seats in, in the Senate, he has total control of the government. And right behind him is Kamala Harris, who's the most left-wing senator in the Senate. All right. We'll never get this country back. It's like New York City under de Blasio. He totally destroyed it in a very short period of time. Destroyed the police department, destroyed the city. Hundreds of thousands of people are leaving because of the crime and the chaos. Our nation, our nation is divided, Mike. It's truly divided. Robert, anything else to add? Well, I look forward to following up and uh, and seeing what we discussed today uh, materialize in the in the weeks ahead. So thanks yeah, for hosting. Uh, that's great to know. It's gonna the election won't end till December. Then I guess they'll forget the coronavirus, but we want a stimulus. So we'll have to find all that stuff out. So guys, it was a great Mike Velarde show. Great information. I appreciate you guys stopping by again. Uh, thank you, Robert. And thank you, Mike, for always your great insight. Thank you, Neil. All right, guys, that was the Mike Velarde show. Take care. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rob Rosselli show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Rob Rosselli. Rob, how are you? I appreciate you coming by and talking to us today. Hey, Neil, how you doing? It's good to be back. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I mean, this is just pretty tough times. Everything that you've been laying out for the last nine years has happened, and you thought it was going to happen under an Obama administration, but basically we had to have somebody that was really looking towards a specific agenda that was for all the people, not just some of the people, and now we're at a darker time than even under president Obama when it comes to specifically enough, uh, lack of God, lack of, uh, of, uh, specific rights. Right. Right. Rob. Well, that's basically where it's going. And and we talked about last week, we talked about the great society. Okay. And what the great society really means. And that was last week's show. And I'm going to start getting these things posted on my website. Um, that would have been the November 4th show. Uh, today being November 11th, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what ties into all this thing, I think what encapsulates the great society, what they're trying to implement is something called the Georgia Guidestones, okay, and what I call the Anti-Ten Commandments. Now, real quickly, what the Georgia Guidestones are, they're called the American Stonehenge. They're astronomically aligned, and I go into this in great detail in my book, uh, The Un-American Genocidal Complex, uh, and again, that's posted on my website, boxofsunglasses.com, and, and all my books are there. But I'm just, you know, we're trying to keep these 
this podcast brief. I know people are busy trying to keep them 10 to 15 minutes, but anyway, the Georgia Guidestones are, are physical monuments. The American Stonehenge in Elberton, Georgia, Northwest Georgia. I mean, I've been there. Uh, I did some research. I did a lot of research. And they're very prominent in the middle of nowhere. But what's etched in stone on them and what I call the anti-Ten Commandments. Now, these are etched in stone, literally. And I'm just going to read them, okay? And tell me if this doesn't sound like today's modern environmental movement, because that's basically what it is. Again, it's covered in much more detail in my book, The Un-American Genocidal Complex. But I'll just read them here real quick. Maintain humanity. This is anti-commandment number one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And that's very interesting because the current population of the world is like 7 billion people. So they're talking like a 90% reduction in the world's population. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Okay, they're talking, now, now there you're talking about sterilizations, which they're talking about sterilizing. Uh, welfare recipients, of course, abortion is an obvious one that would fit in there. Unite humanity with a living new language. Of course, there's computer programs now where we could have a new Tower of Babel situation where that just translates languages in, into a common language, right? I mean, they have that wow, in the yeah. United Nations. Mm-hmm. You talk in one language and it comes out in the other person's language. So, so the Tower of Babel's making a comeback, and we all know how that worked out. Um, rules, passion, faith, tradition, all things tempered with reason. Uh, where we heard that word reason before was the French Revolution. Okay, and that was a very prominent word. The age of reason. Okay, it basically means humanism. It means man controls everything and that doesn't turn out so good. It's indicated by the French Revolution in Mao's China and Stalin's Russia. You know, man ruling without God or today's modern United States. But anyway, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Okay, that sounds great. That's the United Nations. And this, again, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Well, we already have that in the United Nations. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Okay, now what does that sound like? That sounds like the upcoming United States Congress. Okay, you know, especially if the Democrats win, I mean, you talk about negating the effectiveness of Congress and, and us merging into United Nations. So there's that one. Balance personal rights with social duties, right? I mean, that's right out of the socialist communist playbook. Christ, truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Okay, and be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Okay, now that's very interesting. Okay, because the Club of Rome. That last one, be not a cancer on the earth. Again, they're talking about mankind being a cancer, okay? Now, there was a book called Mankind at the Turning Point put out by the Club of Rome, okay? And it had that very language on page one. This is page one from... I'm just going to read it to you real quick. This is Mankind at the Turning Point, published by the Club of Rome, which, again, is associated with the United Nations. The world has cancer, and the cancer is man. All right? And that's a book put out by these people. So, you know, there's a reason why on the front cover of my book, The Un-American Genocidal Complex, I have the Georgia Guidestones, the Skull and Bones 322 logo, and the United Nations building. Okay, because the the 322 logo is very interesting because the Georgia Guidestones were founded on March 22nd, 
and this again this is etched in stone march 22nd 1980 or 322 1980 by a very mysterious character known as robert christian who, who claims to be a christian okay and i can spend hours talking about robert christian but basically what it what he really represents is the rose plus the cross or the order of the rosy cross or the 18th degree of freemasonry okay and now the rose represents the male god or osiris now we're going back into ancient mythology but these people that this is really mythology is what's really going on here now you have the rose or osiris plus the cross or isis or mother earth or gaia or what's known as the gaia hypothesis okay now she's the female side of it so you have robert christian or the rosicrucians okay which is very interesting and, I, and i'm trying to do my best to you know to keep this conversation right, general right. but but again now you have something like there's a prominent scientist over in england called james lovelock who had something called the gaia hypothesis okay which basically said the same thing as what we just read you know basically the earth is overpopulated and the population must be must be cut down dramatically right this is all good save, so this is all pretty much promoting anti-god well to save mother earth okay and gaia is it's a greek term for mother earth or isis or the whore of babylon okay so when you look at this whole thing from ten thousand feet you see you can see the, the connections all the way back to to the old this is old testament times and you wonder why you know the book of revelation is written the way it is and and all this sort of thing but all i can say is these people are serious and again this is this is like the barely the cliff notes version of what's covered extensively in, the, in my book the un-american genocidal complex and to an extent on my website and i'm, I'm doing the best i can here to to kind of summarize this but let's just tie it in today's current events now this is the reason now, what does Donald Trump have to do with all of this? Is because, as I mentioned last week, Donald Trump is a, is, a, is a bull in a New World Order China shop, okay? These people are trying to implement the anti-Ten Commandments of the Georgia Guidestones, okay? It is, is the only conclusion I can come to. And the reason they want to get rid of Trump so bad, they hate him so bad, is because he's exposing a lot of this stuff and he's delaying their plans and screwing up their whole their whole timing, Okay, and if you think I'm joking, just just look at the numbers. Okay, look at the AIDS epidemic, the abortions, okay, the wars, all the things, COVID, okay, all the things that are going on right now to call in the population and control the population. These people are serious. These people are evil. Well, just like Judas Iscariot, many of them are just devils, but they want to control the world. Now, I'm not saying they're going to. You know, it's going. It's going. It's going more to mass chaos than it you is already said. Time. That's what the part is before the fall of the United States or the or the second coming. Those are the two things you talked about, Rob, for eight years in in, yes. in the process. Either it's you're going to see first the fall of the United States as we know it, and then secondly, it could be the second coming. You're not putting that out there, but you've been calling for eight or nine years. Even under, you said under Obama, in your opinion, uh, that this was not, this is, f we're, we're in a far worse situation than we were then. With well, Trump, Trump, Trump is slowing the situation down and he's screwing things up to a, to a very real extent. This is, again, this is why they hate him so much. But, you know, Obama was, 
you know, I talk about Obama and the un-American genocidal complex, but let me let me just say this, and let's let's just look, let's just cover some numerical coincidences that are tied with the Georgia Guidestones. Now, I already mentioned that the Skull and Bones logo, which is featured on the cover of the un-American genocidal complex, is 322. Now, 322 just so happens to be the March 22nd, just happens to be the spring equinox, you know, on, 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 on most years, which is a very prominent date with the Gaia or the Mother Earth crowd or the New Age crowd. Okay, so you have that connection. That just so happens to be the founding date of the Georgia Guidestones on March 22nd, 1980. And that just so happens that almost 30 years to the day of the founding of the Georgia Guidestones is when Obama signed into law, you know, something called Obamacare. With the so-called death panels in them could deciding who lives and who dies so again you can see that aspect of population control all right so you have 30 years now what's prominent now in luke's gospel i mean jesus christ started started preaching when he was 30 years old okay now you can say well this you know this is just coincidence but was it really coincidence no you're right you're right so at, this at is this is point, and, then, right. and, 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 and then the um right. then the date and that was brought to my attention as well now, I read this now. If you divide 2020 by 666, you come up with 3033. Okay, then which is, you know, what was it? That was the text the number you text to to contribute to the Biden campaign, you know, at some point. And, and there's just all kinds of numerical connections. And again, I'm trying to cut this short here. But these people are serious. And of course, you have the 6 plus 6 plus 6 with number of beasts, which, which calculates to 18, which is what the Book of Revelation tells you to calculate or count the number of the beasts. Uh, 18 just so happens to be the 18th degree of Freemasonry, just so happens to be the Rosy Cross of the Rosicrucian degree, which, as I mentioned before, oh, represents yeah. Robert, Robert Christian. So, you know, people really need to start paying attention to this stuff. And, and again, exactly. I'll conclude with this. You know, you know, at some point, you, you got to stop saying that this, this stuff is beyond coincidence, okay? This is, you know, conspiracy theory or whatever. But I would advise people who's ever listening, whoever has listened to this podcast, again, God's Simple Salvation Plan, boxofsunglasses.com and I'll uh, I guess I'll shut up now no, the, the thing I'm last question I want to ask Rob in, in in certain ways what about the side that is being that believe doesn't believe in all that Rob but ultimately believes in some of the agenda of the Democratic Party what do you say to them that are churchgoers that have a belief in God want to do right but yet don't understand the underlying agenda if all these things come to play well it's it's they're not going to have a choice i mean it, it, a lot of this stuff is coming online as soon as they get rid of trump how are they going to do it and apparently vote vote buying and throwing out votes or whatever vote scamming is maybe may the way they're going to do it but this stuff will be getting implemented and you're already seeing it. I mean, uh, even on the news, they mentioned Ezekiel Emanuel. And again, I mentioned him in the un-American genocidal complex. He's yeah. He's going to be the hell. He's going to be the, isn't he going to be part of the coronavirus task force? Yeah. And he's, he's out there saying, you know, people over 75 don't really need to be alive anymore. Oh, I don't know what Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's going to do. He's 77, but this is, this isn't, I would say this is happening. I mean, you can you can go to your Sunday church and, and go home and say this will never happen. And this is America, and you know we have democracy, and this will never happen. But I got news for you: these these people are alive. Exactly. Um, some of them are still around. Some of them recently passed. But so it's it's hard, Rob, it's to look at all happening. this in, in certain ways. I believe 
you've predicted everything so far. You're like the prognosticator in conspiracy with your predictions. So boxofsunglasses.com, check out Rob's Twitter at Rob Robertselli, and you're going to see specifically enough more information. Take it over to the website and all those different things. Robin, in, in certain ways, it's very hard to see a divided country and so many people confused on truly what's happening to our country. But just look at, at apps like TikTok. Uh, you know, we're told as mainstream people, you and I, that we need to go on TikTok, yet it has become very pornographic and no one's saying anything. We are seeing, thanks to coronavirus and everyone not being able to interact in normal life, online has become dangerous. So, Rob, boxsunglasses.com. Take care, Rob, and we'll talk next week. Okay. All right, Neil. Thanks. All right. That was Robert Sully, guys. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Academy Academy Award winner Robert Port and Richard Bausch, and they're going to discuss recon today. Uh, Guys, thanks for calling. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Doing good. All right. So, Robert, kind of tell us what made this story, recon, such an important thing that you wanted to take Richard's book and adapt it into a movie. Well, Richard's heard a thousand times now, but the quick version is uh, I grew up a child in the seventies, which means I saw all those great world war two movies. Um, and by great, I mean, epic, um, whether it was 30,000 great escape bridge over the river quiet. And of course, later on, you know, saving private Ryan's and thin red lines. And I always wanted to make my world war two movie because my grandfather had escaped um, a Jew, and so he had escaped from Vienna when he was 16 when the Nazis invaded, and then he went back and fought. And so I grew up with his stories, not about the war. You would never talk about the war, even though he won a Bronze Star, had this very uh, – you can't even say it's unique because all the greatest generation had unique stories, um, but, he, but he had this epic, if you will. Um, and uh, he, would, he would talk about the morality. He would never talk about the war or how he won his Bronze Star. He would tell the story of, of the 500 women he did rescue. Uh, who were who were being sent on a death march from a concentration camp, and how he could only save a hundred of these women's lives? They were skeletons with heads, is what he would call oh, wow. them. And 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 so the 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 morality, you know, the morality of of all of that and how you live your life, th- those lessons were instilled on us. Um, and so when I read the review, I even read Richard's book, the New York Times book review of May of 2008, I believe it was. Um, I got through maybe four lines of it, and it was uh, I remember it was about 10:30 at night. I, I called my agent and I was like, I gotta have this book. I gotta have this book. I gotta have this book. Um, and then of course he's like, have you even read it? I said, I don't need to read it. I know who Richard Bush is. Uh, you know, it's an American lit major. I think Richard's a wonderful writer and this is it. And uh, even if I make a movie off these first four lines, I'm in. And fortunately, you know, Richard was kind enough to allow me to option the book and, um, and you know, it was a long 11 years, but um, wow, yeah. <laughs> we fought, thanks to Mari Povich, uh, who's been an incredible patron of mine. We were able to finally get the film made the right way. Wow. You'll have to tell me, I guess I'm going to, I want to ask Richard the question, but how did Maury help you to get this film made? How, how, how did Maury help me? Maury Povich? Yeah. Oh, so I've known Maury for 30 years. He's, he's, he, he, I ran his company for a number of years. He and I, I did a documentary and I did a documentary that we won an Academy Award for. And he's always been incredibly, incredibly supportive of, Whatever, despite all his better judgments, <laughs> investing in my projects. And so after 10 years, I've been around the world, not joking, making this movie. I've been flown to London. Uh, it's, it stars I won't name, big stars were going to make the film. It was going to be done in Afghanistan, updated, downdated. And then finally, after 10, 
Tanner, about eight years, my, my really close friend, Sheldon Turner, great writer, wrote up in the air. He turned to me one day at breakfast and said, dude, there are complete morons in this town who can raise $3 million and get a movie made. I know you can. So <laughs> with that inspiration from my, my best buddy, uh, <laughs> I flew to New York and, 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 and had lunch with Mari and, and told him the story. And of course, his, his father had been a journalist in World War II. His father was a legendary journalist. And, uh, and so he was amazingly generous enough to, to invest and in, you know, the rest is history as they say. Yeah. I got to learn how you raise money for a film because I was t talking to Chris Malky and he had a great story. He wrote years ago about two professional wrestlers that passed away and I'm a former professional wrestler. So I'll have to talk to you, Robert you off air. Yeah. 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 Former pro wrestler, but the stories about the road warriors and Chris Malky wrote the story before, one of the road warriors died. So that's for something else. It's kind of look at me in passing, let's but let's talk, go. Let's talk off. Yeah. Let's uh, talk off here about that. Absolutely. 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 Robert. All right. Uh, Richard. Now, did you have a dream that you wanted this to be a movie? I talked to so many authors that believe that their story could become a movie. Did you think that would happen? No, uh, no, I've never, I've never, never thought of it that way. Uh, I mean, if it happens, that's marvelous, you know, especially if you're going to have somebody as good a writer as, as Robert take hold of it. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I've had, I've had a lot of options and stuff, so I'm sort of used to it happening and then nothing, you know, nothing comes of it. You just see a little money each year for a while and then it lapses. Um, and that's what I would, I thought would happen in this case, but it turned out, found out in a conversation with my agent that you know that i we live within 40 minutes of each other and so i said well let's you know or robert said let's get together and so we got together and started talking about it and i said to my wife when i got home i said he's he's great he's a great kid i hope i wish him all the best but i don't think anything's going to come of this i mean it's just <laughs> guys talking. but you know robert made it happen and it got more real every day and uh I mean, Tim O'Brien and I were sitting in this place up in L.A. with Word Theater, and Robert came to show pictures of the place he was taking pictures of in Macedonia or someplace like that to film it. And O'Brien said, man, this guy's going to make this flick, man. Said, <laughs> <laughs> really well, let's, take, let's just take a moment to shout out one of the amazing things about becoming close friends with Richard Bausch and Richard and I like family now is, you know, he'll say to me, Hey Rob, I'm coming up to LA, man. Want to have lunch? And I'll, I'll yeah, I love you. Richard looks good. I'll show up and there'll be Tim O'Brien, you know, and as a guy who majored in American uh, literature, Brian, and you know, he's as sweet as Richard and he's got this collection. It's, it's kind of like hanging out with Babe Ruth and, 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 and the murderers row, but they're all these, wonderful lovable great raconteurs who refuse to take any compliments about their work and shoot one one was one a pulitzer i think richard let's see in three luncheons with you i think we hit a uh we hit a pulitzer a nobel and a and a pen faulkner i mean so for me man that's just it's a blast well you know when you get my age you know a lot of people <laughs> hey that's all i hope i hope for sure i know a lot of people like that too but jumping right into this robert to put this book into a movie. I mean, when you think of the storyline, when you watch the trailer and you say, Oh my gosh, if I was part of that recon, just bringing the name recon up, right. That I, if I was part of that mission and I saw that everything went wrong and that's what you're seeing in the trailer, 
That's just got to be right. mind blowing because really, a, war films are never shown on one specific set plan. It's usually longer type of thing, right? Right. right. Yeah. So one of the things immediately that I loved about the book that I knew I was going to keep, keep was the notion that this essentially all happened in one day. Um, and then based on the stuff I mentioned to you a few, you know, a few minutes ago, what was really important to me was that look, I'm utmost respect for the men and women in the military. And, and law enforcement and, and any first line response for that matter. But I did 10 years in the sheriff's department as a reserve deputy. I got to witness what, what real, real heroics is about, you know, the, the, what these men and women SWAT calls. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be a, an observer on and uh, plan, plan, plan stuff always goes wrong. And it's what these, again, these, these men and women do um, uniformly is they deal with the situation at hand. Um, and so Richard's book um, takes takes it to um, I can't even say an extreme because anytime you're in a position where you can determine someone else's life and death, um, which fortunately I've never had to do, um, it's very easy for all of us to sit back in judgment and say, well, you did the right or wrong thing. But when you're in that moment, you're a 22, 23 year old kid, um, and you're expected to do the right thing. Well, that becomes a very different situation. So we're really trying to tell that story, and most importantly, um, it, to, to quote Richard, to show the power of mercy and 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 sort of use one of my favorite quotes you know the value of saving a single life you save the you save the world entire right i mean it's it's i don't think that's trite i think there's really a lot of truth to it well and you know the the, the term snafu really comes from that i mean situation normal all, all fouled up only the word in there isn't fouled um you know that's you say everything goes wrong situation normal all fouled up and to trust and to trust certain people without giving away things, Richard, is just yeah. the wrong thing to do, right? Especially in a foreign yeah. country. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, well done. So tell us about Robert, how you put together the uh, actors for this film as well, a director. You know, again, like I, like I said, over 11 years, we had, I had, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. Go, Richard. Or is it me? Oh, no, I was, I was going to say to you, Robert, how long, how did you come up with the cast and stuff? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So over 11 years, we, you know, gone the traditional route, which was the, the big agencies and, uh, um, you know, mainly I'm not trying to be just modest, false modesty here, mainly because Richard's incredible book, which I just, you know, wholeheartedly stole most of the script was very well received. It's an actor's piece. Um, and so I had a lot of really you know, good, good names that took meetings and wanted to do the film. And, um, it, it's just, it's so hard to get a movie made. Um, outside of the traditional studio system, and and so without real money, uh, it, it it was it was tricky. And to get that real money, you need certain names, and those names aren't weren't always the right ones for the film. Um, and so people sort of came and went. And then eventually, once I was able to control it, and again thanks to Maury Povich, I was able to go after the actors that I felt were really uh, true to the parts. Um, Alexander Ludwig is, is a phenomenal. Um, our producer Rick Dugdale had worked with him before. He introduced me to him. And um, Rick and I agreed that we were going to just make the best movie we could. We weren't really going to sit there and try and find well, who's the actor, who's a name that will get us 28 grand, you know, out of Romania. Said, Let's just make a good movie. Let's go for it. And so uh, we we did that. Alexander Ludwig and Sam Keeley and Chris Brochu and RJ and, and Tyler and Christy and of course the incredible Franco Nero, having all of them together. Um, it, it worked. Um, it, it, it really, really worked. So I, I know this sounds simple, but once we had the pressure off of us to get the quote unquote 
you know, specific name for a specific territory, we were able to really just look at who were the best people, the best actors that we could meet and get out to that would fill the parks. Richard, how uh, happy were you with Robert, how he saw your vision from the book to the movie? I was, I can't even begin to tell you how happy I was. I mean, I, I was so taken with it. I mean, I saw the script and I thought the script was was wonderful and uh and i thought man he really is going to make the book he's going to make a movie from the book that everybody will be able to say yeah that's the book but um the the actual movie went beyond it in some ways that were so stunning and so wonderful that you know part of me halfway hopes people don't bother to go read the book they'll just uh say well bash came up with that what a great idea <laughs> No, uh, that's a great idea. That uh, suspension bridge, damn! <laughs> what about thought of that? <laughs> so uh, my feeling about it—I'd had movies made before, you know. I've, uh, I've had two really fortunate experiences. One with this French director making movie from six of my stories, a guy named Gilles Bordeaux. and the other from Bob Balaban making a film out of my uh, novel. The last good time 20 years ago um they they were all you know wonderful but these last two the, the bordeaux film and and uh recon is just way beyond any writer's hopes you know you just think christ they couldn't do any better this is amazing absolutely so, and that sounds like it for sure robert um you picked it. This is a perfect time for the film to come out, don't you? With everything that's going on, and also getting close to Veterans Day and yeah. everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we always felt it was a Veterans Day release. Um, again, not to bore you with the inner workings of Hollywood. Uh, fortunately, the film distributor, Rainstorm Media, was terrific, and they completely agreed with us. Um, and I think also it's a, it's it's a it's a good time for the film to come out because hopefully, um, I'm not going to be pretentious enough to. To, to pretend that this is a film you know you have to watch to make a difference in everyone's lives in America I do think though if you do watch it hopefully you'll find it informative at the same time it will make you for a few seconds examine your own sort of courage and, and, and morality and um, you know how each one of us can make a little bit of a difference um, and, and if, if people can walk away thinking about that a little then I think I've done my done my job it sounds like it and Richard the same thing I think goes for you as well what perfect timing for it to come out i think so yeah i think so absolutely robert what would you say you want uh the people who see the film get the most out of from this what is your goal well look i think as a as a first-time feature film director i want i would say an equal footing part one i want audiences to be entertained when i pay money to see a movie I want to I want to enjoy that movie in a, in a visceral level and say I was I laughed and I was scared and I cried. So I want that. At the same time, uh, I really want audiences to to think a little when they walk out. If they if they can have a minute or two conversation afterwards, uh, which so far uh, you know people have seen it certainly have. I'm happy, thrilled rather to say, uh, and and talk a little bit about wow, you know what would I have done in that situation or hmm, that makes me think about this situation. Um, then I think. I think that's the other main goal of any writer or filmmaker, or I suppose I suspect author, 
I mean, Richard could answer that. Uh, those made me well done and huh, made me think about many think about a couple of things. That I gotta, you know, check about myself a little. And then, you know, that's that that would make me really thrilled. Yeah. No, I, I think. I, so. What What were you gonna say, Richard? I agree with that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, W. H. Auden said poetry makes nothing happen. You know, and William Carlos Williams says pretty much the same thing, but then he says, but so many people die for lack of what is found there. Right. And, uh, and that is, you know, the, the thing is that it's, we're all part of this human family. The we're, Homo fabula is what we should be called, the story maker species, uh, off a wonderful essay I recently read. Um, and uh, and so for me, the, the the real salvation for all of us is in stories, is in traveling through the experience of the other, and uh, and learning how to see people not as you know monoliths of cultural difference, but as people who have the same common brave human heart beating, and to somehow learn how to see each other that way. So that's my hope, you know. Well, just watching the trailer, I see that. And uh, usually a trailer tells you that and just says, I want to, now I want to know that story. And that's the big thing. <laughs> so, Robert, the film comes out Veterans Day. Where is. Well, actually, it comes out. So it comes out November 10th in about 400 theaters. You can get tickets on, if you don't mind, adamtickets.com. Is that correct? Right. So the first, so the mm-hmm. eve of uh, uh, Fathom. Um, uh, Brainstorm Media's distributor Fathoms the event, big event, November 10th, um, the night before. Um, like I said, if you go to AdamTickets.com, you can you can see where it's playing. About 400 theaters across America. Richard, is there a place people can connect with you to learn more about you so that they can purchase your book? Because after they see the movie, they got to buy your book. Yeah, they have yeah books. Book. Yeah. Cops gonna reissue the, the book um, with a, a sticker on it saying. The book Recon is based on. It's yeah, it's cool. And they're going to reissue it, so people should be able to. As my friend James Dickey used to say, tear down their local grocery store and pick it up. <laughs> by these, by these days, he means a local grocery store is Amazon. So you know. <laughs> yes, Amazon for sure. And Robert, do you have a place people connect with you? Are you on social media and stuff that people can? You, you know, it's so funny. I'm I'm so bad at this. I I, I might go from like ten to eleven uh, uh, followers now. Instagram, RD Port. If you want to see pictures of my dog, mostly my Siberian Husky. Uh, that's pretty much the only posts I put off that is Tom Brady. So, uh, but but yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone and and folks. Yeah, go go to Richard Bausch's website. He's not selling himself well at all, and learn and read more of his wonderful work because he's a he's an American treasure, as I like to say. Well, I oh, you can I agree on Facebook, Facebook too. Okay, and uh, so Robert, we're gonna have to def- definitely have an off-air conversation about yeah, this. Yeah, call me, man. You got my number. I wanna I wanna talk to anyone who wrestled Jake the Snake Roberts. Come on. Yeah, I, I yeah. See, yeah, how did you know I did? That's funny. I did wrestle. Well, because when you said you're a wrestler, I quickly hit, uh, I quickly did a quick Google and first thing you came up, you wrestled Jake the Snake. Dude. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this guy's legit. Okay. Okay. Six, see, see, he's good. and worth the climb. Huh? He's, 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 he's Googling me, man. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Are you, 
Are you really six ten? Yeah, I'm legitimate six ten. So I've played a seven foot wow. wrestler on on TV. Damn. But I tell you right oh, now, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And, and, and again, Chris Mulkey, I try to get the film uh, gone. So we'll definitely uh, connect. All right. I appreciate you guys. Anytime, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. All right. All right. Thanks. Be good. All right. Bye-bye. All right. You listen to Neil Haley's.